Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Three, two, one. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday, everybody. I am Dave DeFore. I'm joined with my Sunday night, Monday morning co-host, Mo DeKeel. What's up, Mo? Oh, not a whole lot. Just had a nice plate of old Chinese food, so we're going to find out what the how that works in the uh, pre-podcast meal today. I'm sorry, old Chinese food or leftover? Leftovers. leftovers okay, because old, old is like, like... Old is like two days. It's like within a couple days. That's all, you know. Well... We're, that's funny because we're going to talk about some leftover games from the weekend here in a minute. But first, guys, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and sign up. It's $3.99 a month. You get all of the podcasts ad free. You get our fantastic reporting across all major sports, including including the uh, English Premier League, Mo, which I know you're a big fan of. Mo Salah, baby. Mo Salah. That's my guy. That's right. Read all about Mo Salah at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. $3.99 a month. Cheaper than a cup of coffee. Unless you drink really, really cheap coffee, in which case, you know, maybe it's a couple cups of coffee. Just do it. Theathletic.com slash daily ding. $3.99 a month. Coming up on today's show, we're going to recap the weekend a little bit with a couple of the big games. And Mo, I think we need to start with Friday night. The Nuggets right and Suns. This is like the the battle of who's next, right? Like we know L.A. and L.A. are the big ticket teams in the West, but I don't know, man. I, I think the Nuggets and the Suns are nipping at their heels. The Suns have looked really, really good to start the season, uh, but they didn't have enough in this game. The Nuggets beat them in OT 130 to 126. You know, as soon as overtime started, the Nuggets just go to their best crunch time play, which is posting up Nikola Jokic, and it tends to work. It's that simple. Sometimes basketball is just that simple. Give it to your player, give it to your best player on the court, and just let him go. And with a guy like Jokic, the beauty of it, too, is you know he's going to make the right pass. You know, if he's defense is coming double, whatnot, he's going to find the guys that are open. He's going to find cutters. He's going to find the kickouts to the wing. And and if you don't, he's going to probably run your guy over and get to the rim. Yeah, and, and then... The Nuggets got it from everyone in, in overtime. Will Barton had a clutch basket. Jamal Murray hit baskets. And unfortunately for the Suns, Devin Booker actually hurt his left hamstring and wasn't able to play. So, you know, it's kind of it's it's rough for him uh, or for the Suns to try to make up for that in OT. He had 31 points, had a, had a big fall. He had been nursing that hamstring issue and just didn't play down the stretch for them. And they couldn't find... They couldn't find enough to to force another overtime, and it and it was tough because it, it, the crazy part about this game, though, too, also was Chris Paul had fifteen or like fourteen first half assists, and then one in the second half in overtime, I believe. So, you know, it, Chris didn't have a great game, and then when Booker goes out, you're really struggling because now your two top guys either aren't playing well, and 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 one's hobbling. 
Like it was just a tough situation where they really couldn't push through and get over the hump. But they got a great game day from eight and 27 to 13. Like he was pretty awesome. Defensive activity for him in overtime is one of my my notes here from the game. You know, look, he he was fantastic offensively. Again, you brought up 27 points, but I thought he did a good enough job of putting pressure on Jokic at the basket. Jokic was 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 just killing switches. And he caught Cam Johnson at the beginning of overtime, and there's just not much you can do. But when Aiton was able to guard Jokic straight up, I thought he did a really good job and and stayed active on the offensive glass. Had six rebounds there. That's that's pretty big. No, that's huge. I mean, extra possessions. We talk about it all the time. Like that pays off in a big way, you know. And those, you know, the the Suns as a whole had nine offensive rebounds, had sixteen second chance points off of those rebounds. Like that's big plays right there. And that kind of kept them in the game. Unfortunately, it's just like, look, I think the Nuggets are a better team. I think the Nuggets got going. I think they got Michael Porter Jr. back in this game and he he was hitting some shots. Like I think they're just overall stronger. And then when you take away the guys that they're, you know, losing Booker of every, out of everybody, you're just in a tough situation where I don't think you'll be able to score enough. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned the Nuggets just being a better team. They're also they've been together longer, right? Yeah. And these overtime games, they're a toss up anyway, especially between two almost evenly matched teams. I, I think that they, these teams are definitely closer than they were last season. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. came back, missed a couple weeks. Man, he might have missed like three weeks, right? With co- the COVID he, he, protocols, he, he the was, safety he protocols. He was out for a while. He was out for a while. Uh, three of seven. What'd you, what'd you think about Michael Porter? Did he look a little rusty to you? A little bit rusty, but overall though, he also had moments where you're like, ah, yes, that's, that's the third scorer there. And the the thing I found really interesting and I think was good for the Nuggets, although he probably hates it was that he's coming off the bench. And I felt like that just kind of gave them a little bit more of it will, if that continues more of a scoring punch, you know, off the bench instead of just having all three of their guys in the starting lineup, which is how they started games in the beginning of the year. I think this will work out better for them in the long run. Hopefully he'll be okay with it. We know he, he tends to not be always happy about that role, (laughs) Dave, but you know, that might be the perfect role for him on this team. Uh, Is it too early to start to talk about Nikola Jokic as MVP candidate? I mean, I I know that we're always talking about, I'm going to stop you now. I'm going to stop you now. I'm going to stop you now. It's, it's too early because the team's eight and seven. And or nine and seven. Well, they're we now nine the and game. seven. Okay, still way too early. <laughs> still way too early. You're not you. You can't be a middling team and then let's start having MVP talk about your guy. Well, it's early to be middling. Let, let's say it's, no, it's uh, not. Not when you were supposed <laughs> to be way better than this. They started out like crap to start the year, and you know that, and we know for a variety of reasons and things like that. But and Jokic has been balling. But if the team is losing games. It doesn't matter. I'm this whole MVP talk behind Jokic right now. I'm like, great. This team should not be nine and seven if he's if if he's really this MVP. I don't disagree, but that way to cut off the conversation before we can have it. He's having yeah, a really a good, good season, right? He's having a great he's having season. a good season. Triple double, all that great. good stuff. Uh, you know, and and the way that they use him, obviously high usage. Uh, He's just incredibly efficient, and he creates so much for everybody else. What have you thought about Jamal Murray so far this year? Of course, we were worried. Hey, would the would the bubble stuff carry over? Um, I, I think Jamal Murray's been great. He had 18 in this game. This is some like a little bit of the consistency stuff that we've talked about. 
What can he do when he's not having a great game? I didn't think he had a great game here, but still managed to score 18. And this is kind of the stuff we've been searching for from Jamal Murray. Yeah, the the big thing is his playmaking. Like I hadn't seen a lot of that this season, which we saw in the bubble. I felt like he was a much more, uh, not willing, but just like more aware playmaker, you know, in the bubble, looking to create for everybody and things like that. And when his shot was going, it's we're beginning to see flashes like that. You know, this game, the game we're talking about on Friday, he had nine assists. You know, the next game, you know, he begins to be Murray again. And I'm going to jump the lead ahead, uh, jump ahead a little bit when he hits the, the the game tying three in regulation. And we could debate travel, all that fun stuff. But like, that's a Murray-esque shot. That was the shots Murray was hitting in the bubble. Well, and, you know, it's it's amazing to have two guys that are so good in crunch time on the same team. You know, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, like how do you choose who's going to shoot? Now, for me, I'm going to Jokic on the post every single time. But Jamal's a nice release valve. I'm going I'm going dependent on need, how the flow of the game is going and matchups, you know, in, in those situations. In certain situations, I'm going to say like, hey, you know, Jokic, it's going to be in, ball's going to be in your hands. Some nights I'm going to say, hey, I want to put this in Jamal Murray's hands. It's it's a combination of many things. I wouldn't just, you know, when the luxury that Mike Malone has in that situation is that he can decide between the two, whereas some teams just go like, nope, we just got to go to the one guy. Well, and they've got the benefit of the beautiful two man game that they run so well. Uh, any any big takeaways from this game for Phoenix for you? I mean, aside from Macal Bridges being one of the five or six most fun guys in the league right now. I mean, he's balling out, but I just think they got to figure out and, and it's a shame that he, he hurt his hamstring, but they got to get Booker going, you know, and I think some of it is, you know, the, the injury and things like that. But I also think some of it is him trying to do too much, you know, or or not even do too much. He's trying to do less, thinking it will take the team further. And it's saying more like, yo, you just need to go be book. You know, we, we should just start the campaign. Let book be book. You know, and, and, and let him go off and let him start going. And then everybody else will fall on the line. Like, you know, they started out really well. They've hit a tough skid here. You know, they were like seven and four at one point, And now they're, they're falling apart a little bit. Chris Paul hasn't fully found his flow yet and things like that. And, and I think the most important thing right now is just get Booker on track first. And I think everything will fall on the line after that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Big game from Saturday night, and Mo, this, look, I know, again, it's early. Uh, this could be a playoff preview. I mean, if we get seven games of this, I'm going to be pretty pumped. 
Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, they they break the two-game losing streak that they had to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They somehow managed to beat the Miami Heat. Even though Bam Adebayo was insane in this game, Jimmy Butler wasn't out there, so they needed everything they could get from Bam. Bam was 14 of 20 in this game, 41 points, nine assists. Everything in the offense just ran through him. I mean, 12 of 14 from the free throw line. This this is some of the next level Bam stuff that that we've been talking about since, I mean, I guess this time last year, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the stuff we're waiting for from Bam. This is what we expect. And, you know, look, the Nets don't want to face Cleveland in the playoffs, as we can tell from their 0-2 uh, run. So they'd be happy to take Miami. Uh, joking aside, folks, just, you know, everybody can relax before they get riled up. But the, the Miami side of things, like, this is a team, they've, like, they just haven't been right all year with injuries, COVID's wrecked them, and, and all of those things. I mean, Jimmy Butler, I think, has played only five games. You know, if you're the Nets and you're looking at this game going like they didn't have their best player in Jimmy Butler and we only beat them by four, like that's I I have concerns. And they were up big and they kind of let the the heat back into it or or maybe the heat just said, screw it, we're getting back into this. You can decide which one. But it, it it's a little bit troublesome in that sense. When I look at this team, I know they're still figuring things out, but like you got to be able to crush this Miami team when they don't have Jimmy Butler. Like they don't have enough defenders out there that can guard this team. And and yet they were able to stay in this game. Well, and that's, that's kind of the thing about, about Brooklyn though. It's not that they couldn't score because they certainly did. I mean, 128 points, pretty good, Uh, but they cannot stop anybody. They cannot get stops. And you and I have talked about this already. I, I don't really play daily fantasy, but I think I might get into it just to play the centers of opposing teams for the Brooklyn Nets. And, and Bam Adebayo scoring 41 shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, who you know, who isn't going to score 40 against Brooklyn this year? Yeah, I mean, that's the big – I mean, like, wait till they play Embiid, you know? Uh, you know, but the other thing, too, it wasn't just the 41 that Bam had, nine assists – you know, dishing it out as well and being the playmaker and, and, and the stuff we've seen from him, you know, the, the two man game with Duncan Robinson and things like that. Like he had the whole bag going and they just have no ability to stop it again, still new to each other and figuring things out. But it's, it's just, when you look up and down that roster, I just go like, I don't know who's playing defense. They just signed Norvell Pell. And when he comes back, great. It, it, doesn't move if, the look, needle. If, like if I'm sorry. So, if like, your problems, if you're solving your problems, rests on Norvell Pell. Listen, a nice player who I like. Uh, I'm sorry, you got bigger problems than, than yeah, Norvell it, Pell can solve. Look, it, Miami went 13 of 46 in this game, so less than 30, percent and they they only lost this game by four points. Pretty incredible. Duncan Robinson was three of 11. I mean, it, nobody had a really good game except for Adebayo. And somehow they stayed in it the entire time. Brooklyn is going to have a hard time putting the nail in a coffin if they can't lock down on defense at all. It's rough. I mean, that's that's it. That's the game right there for Brooklyn. This whole season needs to be about how we're going to defend. Forget about worrying about what we're going to do on offense. You guys need to figure out how you're going to defend if you're really going to go as far as everybody thinks. And one of the things we talked about uh, when when we kind of dove into what the Nets are, are going to try to do uh, on Nerder last week was Joe Harris in the starting lineup. Now, they decided to go with Joe Harris in this game over, over Jeff Green. 
23 points, 7 of 12 from 3. I thought the defense, especially early on, looked good. I mean, is this a look that you expect to see from here on out? Yeah, I just think it adds that element of continuing to kind of stretch the floor and create more space. You know, listen, Jeff Green's playing really well for this team, but he's no Joe Harris out on the wing. Like, your your game plan is don't leave Joe Harris. You know, with Jeff Green, you're like, ah, we'll help, and if he hits shots, he hits shots, we'll live with it. You know, and it, that's just the way it goes. So him in the starting lineup gives more space for KD, for Kyrie Irving, for James Harden, you know, and and I think that opens up more offensive fluidity there. And, if you know, he wasn't that bad defensively in this game. So, you know, if he can just hold up and just be okay on that end, it's it's a smart move. Yeah, I think Kyrie has been, a, I mean, a much bigger problem on the defensive end. But, of course, you know, when he's doing what he's able to do on the offensive end, you deal with that. Uh, plus, Jeff Green is your backup center. So, you know, you, you got to be careful with those yeah. minutes. You don't want to overtax them too early. <laughs> it's going to be – It's gonna be. I mean, listen, it's going to be tough. They still got roster spots they're going to fill in and things like that. But um, just put me in the uh, skeptical box for now. Yeah, you said, we're, we're – I don't know. I, I still think they have enough talent that they can just make the conference finals. And, and yeah. that just goes to tell you how much talent they've got. They got a ton of talent. And, you know, for them, though, the conference finals isn't the goal. The championship's the goal. This is a team that they're expecting to win a championship. If they go to the conference finals and lose, it's a failure for them. And I hate being so, it because I'm not a big believer in championship or bust for every team. But this is one of those teams. So this is the second game that they've played with Durant, Harden, and Kyrie. And once again, Harden has kind of a weird game. He only took eight shots. He was two for eight from the field, had 12 points, had 11 assists, seven rebounds. Um, what what exactly is this? Is this a guy trying too hard to, to fit in? It's trying to figure out where he belongs and where he fits in. You know, I think this is a little bit of the honeymoon period where it's like, I want to make sure everybody loves me. So I'm going to be the assist man for a little bit. Um, and and some of it is him just trying to figure out where his spots are and, and, and when to attack. And I think some of it is Kyrie being, I'm going to be really aggressive tonight, you know, and, and, you know, him trying to figure that, you know, when to go, when not to go. I think KD's always going to get and should always get his 18, 19, 20 shots a game because he's the best of the three of them. And then between Kyrie and Harden, they got to figure out, you know, how, how to really kind of get the rest going from there. And then, I mean, it's, it's going to take time, Dave. Like, this isn't going to be an easy, this isn't a plug-and-play scenario. This isn't KD going to the Warriors and just, boom, take off. This is going to take time to settle out and figure things out. And they're going to lose games in this process, and they're going to look bad in some of these games because they don't know that. We're going to have weird stat lines where Harden just takes eight shots. We're going to have a game where Kyrie takes seven. You know, it's going to be weird like that for a little bit. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one thing. Yeah, this is my big takeaway from what we've seen so far is that, you know, similar to like Kevin Durant joining the Warriors, who's going to give up shots? Who's going to give up shots? Well, it wasn't Klay Thompson. Like that was that was clear from the jump. Klay Thompson took the same amount of shots Klay always takes. Uh, I think Kyrie is not giving up any shots and Kevin Durant is too good to give up any shots. So, I mean, I don't know. They're going to have to figure this out because James Harden shooting eight times just isn't going to work. That's not good. Well, 
Well, well, the thing is, like when the clay comparison doesn't work because clay doesn't need the ball in his hands. The, right. Clay probably had more shots up than actually time holding the ball, you know, or th- there's the weird stats where it's like he put up 30 but took 10 dribbles in the game. Like yeah, there's yeah. always something like that. Clay doesn't count. You can't you can't use clay as the example because none of these guys are have that skill set the way clay does. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant could be Clay Thompson for them. Isn't that what he, you said the he, other day? No, I think that was somebody else who said that. Okay. Did I say that okay. maybe on Nerd? I don't remember. I think Nerd was a few days ago. I forgot. Yeah. But but I, I do think that they have to find a balance, clearly. And, and I'm not worried about any one game or anything like that. I, I think the bigger picture for them is figuring out how to how do you make this work so everyone feels that they have an equal part of the offense. But the bigger thing is, how the heck do you defend? You just... I mean, a shorthanded Miami Heat team should not should not shoot 28% from the field and only lose by 28% from three, excuse me, and only lose by four points. That is a defensive disaster. Shouldn't, shouldn't score 124 points by shooting 28% from three. Like that just, I, I don't even comprehend it sometimes, but okay. They're so talented, but they may be one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's going to do it for today, folks. Don't forget about all the other shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. Of course, we got the Athletic NBA show. We got the Athletic NFL show. Athletic NHL show. Go check out all those shows. Of course, we've got No Dunks, House of Strauss, and all the shows that you love from some of your favorite local beat writers talking about your favorite teams. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Sign up. $3.99 a month. Such a good deal. And until tomorrow, Mo, would you like to do the honors? Ding, ding. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.